2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range, whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in
3: hybrid or electric. We have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie.
4: Well, that was the week that was for sure. Oh my God, what a week to be off. Incredible. I have to say, it must have been uh, the most enjoyable, warmest, bestest, you name it, week I've ever been off in my life here at home in Ireland. I want to say a big thank you to Alison O'Reilly, who looked after the shop here while I was away. Thanks a million, Alison. Great job. It's nice to be back with you uh, this Monday afternoon. We have plenty of uh, guests and chat over the next couple of hours, as usual. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658, 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text me in. You can call in also the usual number, 1850-715-958. Now, she is our regular travel advisor on late lunch, but for the last nearly couple of years at this stage, well, she's been out of commission for obvious reasons since COVID arrived. But I just spotted that she'd been up, up and away in recent days. Yes, she's in my bay in Spain, Sandra Finnegan, Hello. I've
5: just been on pause, that's all.
4: <laughs> I know, Sandra. Well, tell me this. is it, it's, Am I right in saying it must be nearly two years since you were there, is it?
5: Uh, it's, yeah, it's about, um, about 20 months, yeah, since we were here. Yeah, it's hard to believe. And yeah, life is... It, same little bit of restrictions here, but very safe.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel
5: very comfortable. The whole transition in through Dublin Airport um, on the flight... It was it was it was very comfortable. I didn't. I, I was I glad I tried and tested it, you know, that I could feel confident talking to our customers about it.
4: Mm. And
5: so- I, I would highly recommend if you. I know we've had amazing weather at home, and it was great. And. You know, it's great to support Irish businesses, but we need to get the world moving again, you know?
4: Mm. And uh, you caught, of course, the majority of the heat wave here, and you're out there for a few days. As you said, you want to try and test this yourself. Let's come back to the airport, Sandra. What was it like at the airport?
5: Well, first of all, Jerry, um, because I was only 12 days over my second vaccine, I had to have a, a, an antitune test to enter Spain. Um, so Mars Chemist and Drogheda provided a fabulous service Results in 15 minutes. And then I had to upload an app to enter Spain. It's a health code, a QR code. And then we arrived at the airport um, about an hour and a half before because I didn't have any bags. And just check through. They check your your QR code is OK for Spain. And they check your vaccination certificate as well, which I uploaded on the COVID app, which is very simple. At least you have it there. If you in case you lose it um, and then through the airport it was great the flight I'd say was 80% full on a big aircraft in Malaga you arrive in Malaga you just go through passport control they check that as normal and then there's a health uh, safety service there that check uh, your temperature and they check your vaccine certificate or an antigen or PCR test.
4: And just coming back to you, if you had been beyond the required time with your second jab, you wouldn't have had to have that, have that yeah, test? Yeah, my husband
5: came out two days later and he didn't need okay.
4: to have the test. OK, OK, good to know that. Now, uh, on the flight, did you have to wear a mask all the way?
5: I wore a mask the whole way. I had absolutely no issue with it. Um, and they just asked passengers, you know, for queuing for the toilet, not to queue. And, um, you know, the, the the crew were fabulous. Uh, No, just uh, teas, coffees and wines and beers were served. There was no food served on the flight on the way over.
4: And uh, 80% capacity, is that on purpose? Are they leaving space on the flights?
5: No, I think uh, my husband came down on a Ryanair flight uh, two days later. And that was completely false.
4: Okay, so full flight. So capacity, uh, not an issue. So, right, you arrive and you're well familiar with the place over the years. You you said a moment ago that you feel safe. What's it like on the ground? Are bars, restaurants, shops, are they open? Bars and
5: restaurants are open. You know, you don't have to worry about indoor dining here because everyone wants to eat out on a terrace. Tables are, you know, distanced a little bit apart. Um, The hygiene levels are excellent. Like, you know, no such thing as your salt and pepper cellar on the tables anymore. Everything is all individually wrapped and everything is is very good. Um, They're very clued in. Everywhere you go along the streets in Marbella, there's uh, testing centres. And for anyone that travels that needs tests on the way back, they're a fraction of what we're paying at home.
4: Uh, it's like a lot of things. You only experience that when you go away, the The price differential. Yeah. Now, now, coming back, just thinking about that, have you anything different to do on the way back and back into Dublin?
5: No, well, I just have to fill out my passenger locator form. It's a digital online. I complete that and I get a QR code, uh, exactly the same for entry back into Ireland, produce the email on arrival.
4: And on the ground there, are there many tourists out there? How busy is it?
5: Um, not so many Irish. There's certainly a lot of Germans, a lot of Italians, some French, uh, and obviously a lot of Spanish themselves.
4: Mm. So Ireland uh, just uh, starting to move again at this stage. Is no, that what you? just have. Yeah, yeah, is that what you've been seeing through the business as well? That bookings are just really starting to get going.
5: They're just starting, and we're really looking into the autumn and into early 2022. People are still nervous, and that's understandable.
4: Mm. Um, a question for you while you're on with me it just happened to pop into my inbox today my blue insurance the one which you recommended to me many moons ago is due for renewal do I need to ask them anything you know as regards the new way of travel and COVID they've, auto-
5: they've automatically included COVID cover and some of the tour operators have given a COVID guarantee God forbid something happened to you or one of your family when you're away they will pay your accommodation and your repatriation flights
4: <coughs> Excuse me. So that's happening, Sandra, automatically? That's happening automatically, yes. And should that be the same with most travel policies or should you check with your provider?
5: No, you need to check. But the ones that we're selling, that's the reason why we're selling them.
4: OK, that's interesting to hear. And of course, again, for yourselves, I was reading in the papers the last couple of weeks that the strength of booking through a travel agent is now more important than ever, the security...
5: Absolutely, and um, they're on hand to resolve all your problems. I hear people staying on phone lines, you know, for up to two hours, queuing uh, to get speaking to airlines and all the rest. And that's what your local travel agent looks after.
4: Yes, very important to mention that. So uh, comfortable you are. It's a new way with many things you mentioned there. but a new this... way,
5: is like everything else. We've all adapted and we've all adjusted. And, uh, you know, I would say to anyone, don't let another year pass. I didn't realize how
4: much I missed this until I got here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure the goo is on so many people to go, Sandra. Listen, we let you away there. Thanks for joining okay. us today. Thanks again. Take care. Take bye. care yourself. Bye bye. That's Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel. In uh, Marbella today, speaking to us live there. And uh, just to mention again, Globe Travel, uh, you can give them a shout there. They're open uh, and uh, talking to customers as we speak. Oh four one nine eight three double seven nine one is the number there. So, Sandra, out there to try it out, see what it's like. Anybody been away or back or anything to say about uh, travel abroad? Uh, I'd be a bit anxious. As Sandra said uh, there, I'd be a bit anxious myself still at the moment, to be honest with you. Uh, But there you go. She's out there. She's experiencing for herself and she'll be able to uh, tell you firsthand what it's like when she is back. If you have anything to say about what we've uh, just been talking about, do give me a shout. 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text me to the show. We'll head to a short break on Late Lunch. Back in a moment. And lots to come on the show this afternoon. Pauline Mclinn is with us a little bit later on if you'd like to rescue a hen. Pauline has all the info. Karen Lavelle, she makes the most beautiful candles and she's a brand new one on the way. Sheila Bailey's with us, formerly of Dundalk. Of Dundalk, always, of course, living in the UK for years. She's talking about the horse racing industry and the lifting of restrictions in the UK a week ago today. And we'll hear some of Burke's brilliant banter. Jerry, what if you don't have an email or a phone, says a listener this afternoon? Well,. If you don't, you're in trouble, to be honest with you. You need an email or a phone. You have to, or I don't know whether you can use somebody else's or whatever, but I just say to you, you're in, you're, in, you're in trouble. You are, if you if you want to travel and get out of the country, you need to have those set up for you, get somebody to arrange it for you. Now, as you know, do I have to tell you, the last week, incredible. I don't think I ever was off a nicer week in my lifetime than last week. The heat, oh, mother of God, in the afternoons. We had to have siestas in Costa del You'd have to have. You'd fry, honestly. I understand now why people uh, abroad, when I go abroad, if you go to any of the continental countries, France, Spain, Italy, Portugal, they take these siestas in the afternoon. You'd have to. It's just too dangerous when the temperatures tip the 30 degrees. It really, really is. But I won't complain because we have enough cold weather and damp weather and all the rest besides in this country. And isn't it lovely to get a spell? Really warm indeed, but lovely to get it. And with that in mind, I just got I've to let you listen to our latest episode from Sinead Bark. Yes, it's Burke's banter and it's so on the money, it's so timely. It's to do with the heat wave, but Sinead gives it another name entirely. Have a listen.
3: The German language can be wonderfully specific when capturing the minutiae of daily life. During lockdown, I would imagine a lot of Berliners would have been feeling a bit of wanderlust literally, lusting to travel. The Fräuleins of Munich weren't putting on the COVID stone. Instead, they were experiencing cummerspec, gaining weight through eating excessively while unhappy. In fairness, there's been a good bit of comer spec and wanderlust going on here as well. So you're welcome to introduce these new words yourself if you're running into problems remembering how to do small talk. The forgotten art of superficial chatting is a casualty of COVID which doesn't get the attention it probably deserves. A word I would be very interested in finding out if the Dutchland Dictionary has would be that exact feeling of thrilling accomplishment felt by getting three loads of dry washing in from the line in one day. In fact, perhaps we should be done with it and just invent a new word ourselves to introduce to our own Chang'an Something that would reflect the level of smug satisfaction reached when it's six in the evening and do you know something, I might just chance putting out another load. I'm thinking something like Sasselnig. That might suit. If we decided on that word last week, Evelyn Cusack would have been flat out issuing Sasselnig warnings for the whole country. Because it was no joke, was it? Whoever let the child of Prague out for the full week to wander around the garden has a lot to answer for. Know its power, people. That statue should go out the night before a wedding and then promptly brought back in the next morning. Job done. Playing fast and loose with its miraculous magic has unleashed a Pandora's box of second-degree burns on shoulders, near riots and smiths for the last paddling pool and ridiculously over-ambitious plans for family picnics. The truth of it is, we're just not able for extreme weather. As a nation, we are more comfortable and content and productive when things are cloudy and a bit damp. Soft going is our optimum living condition. While we stand in awe at the thinnest covering of snow, the novelty of extreme sunshine makes us all a bit giddy. Setting washing line Olympic records aside, normal routine evaporates out the open windows and doors. All other housework immediately stops. What sort of masochist mops a floor in 30 degrees heat? Making a bed? No point. We've all been sleeping in the freezer. Cooking a dinner? Not interested. Unless it's something cremated on the barbecue. Should there isn't a Bundy left in the town. Concentrating on paid work becomes a challenge. Particularly for those of us still working from home. The makeshift home office migrates from the kitchen table to outside the back door. It is next to impossible to read a computer screen in the sun. And because we're all drinking in the garden every night, like it's the first night of the holidays in Porta del Carmen, the quality of anything we produce might be a little compromised. In fact, those of us hoping to continue to dodge a long commute once restrictions end might look back on this party period as the critical time we let ourselves down and lost the argument on how we can do just as much at home. Then there is the clothing issue. It's all well and good sitting out the back, bra off, feet up, living your best life as you write what can only be vaguely described as a quarterly report. But venturing out of the house for essentials, ice cream, sparkling rose, more Bundys, brings problems. I'm speaking as someone who would double the average age and BMI index of Love Island just by being employed as a cleaner in Casa Amor. So I know the struggle. Few women past the age of 20 can be friends with spaghetti straps. And nobody, but nobody, needs to see a bare-chested man swaggering down the street. For the love of God, you are not a Russian totalitarian leader. We've wrung as much good out of this heat wave as we possibly can at this stage. Red shoulders are slowly turning brown. The hay is in. So can that be it for now? Floors still need to be washed and most of us are skirting very close to losing our jobs. The time of sasselnick was nice while it lasted. But I just want to put the duvet back on the bed.
4: Oh, Sinead, on the money as usual, sasselnick. <laughs> new word in the dictionary from our Sinead. Do you know what I loved, Louise? I just love one line in our banter this time. Uh, just she, the one? Yeah, well, well. look, I love it all, <laughs> but one jumps out at me. Yes, I should say one line of Sinead's really jumped out at me. So there isn't a Bundy in the town. i think that's absolutely brilliant 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 all together anyway uh thanks sinéad we look forward to hearing another of your banter on late lunch again soon oh louise we all right
6: yeah yeah you're okay yeah no cardigans for the week oh
4: i couldn't believe it louise sent me a picture of herself in a in a pair of shorts, was it? Because, First you see, time I, in I,
6: Ireland in about 25 years I've worn yeah, shorts.
4: I, I actually got a flutter of the heart. I was thinking, <laughs> is there a defibrillator nearby when I saw it? Because you you generally do, don't you? You don't feel warm. I'm always cold. You're always cold. Mm. But by God, you did feel the heat last. I was just thinking... When I was out and about a few days I, I didn't put a pair of trousers on me for the week you know that Not barely for the week bar I was just going out somewhere I hoped there were shorts though Oh shorts yeah yeah. Less, <laughs> listen, listen I can tell you this when I went out you, the, the heat was so intense I called into Kerwin's fish shop lovely 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 place you know I love it well the cool you'd stay in the fish shop I was hoping oh, they'd was adopt me cool. for the afternoon keeping the fish cool you know what I mean you could feel the goodness. and I heard people saying when you went into a supermarket you know the chill in a supermarket yeah. it's generally colder
6: you generally have to bring a little chat yeah. Yes, you do when you
4: go in as well. That was a big godsend for people. But holy God Almighty! I, I said it earlier on there. I, um, go on.
6: No, I was actually just going to text you last night and said, would you ever take another week off? <laughs> just to <laughs> seem to have got got the weather for us.
4: I, I was just lucky, you know what I mean. I was just really, really lucky. But isn't it the most wonderful country with beautiful weather? So you just, mm. you know, you just adore the place. And I went swimming. I went into the Irish Sea. About, about three times, me and Navy neighbour were down playing in it the was, sand, paddling. I it was
6: just like bathwater. Ah,
4: skimming stones. You know what I mean. We went down early in the day. there were high tides early in the day, and it was just beautiful down there. Played a bit of golf. I played the best golf course ever, Louise. The best golf course I ever played in my life. I played Royal Portrush.
6: Did you play the best golf of your life? Uh, life?
4: Not, not on the not on the opening nine, but on the back nine, I did play well. I played really well. I really did. Uh, and I I have to say what a golf course Royal Portrush is where the Open was held where Shane Larry won uh, a couple Christine. of years ago Portrush Port is beautiful isn't it mm, it's gorgeous oh, Portrush,
6: Port Stewart all oh, that area oh my
4: god that area Top. is just fantastic but the golf course such a test of golf oh be the lord Japers, <clears> and talk about being pristine and immaculate and so well run fantastic indeed it was the uh, highlight of the week for me
6: oh and while you were up you know gallivanting mm. I actually solved one of Sinead's problems there about computer glare I brought my computer outside. Yes. And I thought, right, what can I do? So I got the lid of, a, you know, the mousetrap games. Yes. Yeah, I got the, got the lid of the mousetrap game, <laughs> brought it outside and put my computer sitting into the lid.
4: Excellent. Yeah. And, and no glare. No glare. There pa- you go. Patent that quickly. You're onto <laughs> something there. You really are onto something there. What about today? Indoor dining and uh, pubs reopening. Some pubs who haven't been open since March of 2020 mm-hmm. opening today. And some aren't. Some, oh yeah, quite a lot aren't. We, we know that as well, but uh, we wish them well. You know, yeah. it's a different world and they say are, they're all excited. Yeah, I'd say there's places. You know, I'd say there's people and especially men who went for... A, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. No disrespect to the ladies who went for a couple of pints for company and to have a chat and that. I'd say they feel today like, my God, it must be a special day for people like that. It really must.
6: It's still a very male thing, isn't it? To go for a pint on yes. your own.
4: Yes, And, and meet people. Mm. Girls don't really do that Go out on their own Yeah yeah. Lads do it Yeah And for those people Who've been You know Yearning for the day Today is the day In many places And we wish everybody well It's not easy It's a difficult time It's like walking A tightrope But look uh, the vaccination programme is fantastic. The numbers is taking it up. Uh, people of an age are protected, and hopefully, more and more will be protected over the coming weeks. Just a message in there. Jerry, I visited Bettystown last week. Fabulous beach, much better without the cars. Didn't mind paying €4 euros for parking at turn for convenience to the beach. But honestly, the toilets were disgraceful. We had to use oh. the ones up the road. I don't know who's responsible for cleaning these. Meath County Council, <laughs> did we sort out Blackrock? Well it was off.
6: We did, we got a sold um, out yes.
4: the toilets in black Well, we got a response. And and they're working on it.
6: They just said that an upgrade was due soon and that they were cleaned, uh, I think, twice a day from uh, memory.
4: Soon. We'll, 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 we'll get a, a, an interpretation of that word. Soon. Do <laughs> it soon, please, Loud County Council. Mead County Council, Betty's Town, Toilets, a Punter Not Happy. Uh, we'll work on that for you. Great to hear from our good friend, Connell McBride, in Fort William, in the West Highlands, in Scotland. Gerry, we hit 31 degrees here on Friday. <laughs> oh, my God. I i don't mean to laugh, but that's horrendous. Was a brutal? Brutal shift on the train. Earned my beer tokens and lost weight at the same time. But, Jerry will soon be moaning when autumn and winter hits. You're so right, Connell. Enjoy it while it's, it lasts. And it's not going to last, unfortunately, here either. The situation in Bettystown at the public toilets, we've had a listener on to say they were shocking when they were there last week. And another listener says, Jerry, perhaps we'll have to take chamber pots to Bettys town Beach <laughs> Do you remember the Poe? It used to be called a Poe, yes It's hardly a thing now, is it? I doubt it very much Ah, oh, that's a thing consigned to the annals of history, I'm sure Is it? Anybody use a chamber pot? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. I'm going to come back to this a little bit later on with Earl Louise. She's nodding her head saying, yes, they are still in use. My God almighty, that's news to me. We move on on late lunch today and I'm joined by someone I think I can call a good friend of the show at this stage. She was here just before lockdown uh, in uh, the early part of 2020. She's an experienced charity professional, event director. Uh, She's a freeman of the City of London, racehorse owner and breeder. And originally, of course, from Dundalk in County And She's with us today in her capacity as chair of the Irish Horse Welfare Trust, following on from that Panorama programme on BBC last week. Sheila Bailey, hello again. Hello,
7: it's lovely to hear your voice. How are you?
4: I'm good and lovely to hear yours too, Sheila. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Had you the heat like ourselves before we get to the, uh, to the uh, bones of the discussion?
7: I most certainly did. I was in Jersey on Thursday and Friday. And it was absolutely scorching. It was 33 degrees, you know, and, and jerseys all uphill and down dale. And we did walk a bit. I was there for work, but even so, it was incredibly hot. But like like your, uh, your caller from um, Scotland said... We'll all be whinging in six weeks' time when it's freezing, so
4: I'm not going to complain about it. We will, Sheila, and, you know, there's no pleasing us. I heard somebody saying that us Irish are a little bit more content when there's an issue with the weather, when it's too wet or too cold, but when we get the heat, we just go, oh, mother of God, we're not able for this. But, look, you're right, let's enjoy it at this time and be thankful for it. Sheila, thank you for joining me again, as I said, in your capacity as chair of the Irish Horse Welfare Trust I take it you were abhorred by that programme.
7: It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And we, you know, we imagined all sorts of things. Um, and I had planned on watching it a second time, because, you know, you can't grasp it all. I have now watched it a second time, but I hadn't got the stomach to do it for about five days. It was that bad. Um, I, I suppose the one thing that we, we must remember is that this film was made by Animal Aid, who's objective is to ban all racing so it was not what you'd call a balanced program by any stretch of the imagination
5: Mm.
7: and we've learned a lot you know since the broadcast we've learned a lot about those some of those instances that were referred to that um you know might not have been quite so clear when it was shown
4: yes what are you talking about there for example
7: well um One of the things, a lot of the criticism is is aimed at a few specifics. And uh, the thing that we all talked about was uh, the slaughterman with the rifle in his hand and the fact that there was a vet, allegedly there was a vet from the Food Standards Agency. Now, since then, um, Potters, I know the, the slaughterhouse is called something else now, but it used to be Potters, which were famous back in the day. Potters did all the racing industry. And they were really, really good people because I know because I have unfortunately been the person who stood at the head of a horse holding the head collar when Potters came to put the horse down and take it away many years ago. However, it transpires that that slaughterman um, is one of the best in the business. And when I went back and looked at the film, where the horse is, where, where he's waving the rifle around, and it looks as if he's about to shoot across what they referred to very insensitively as the kill room. And nobody can see what's happening the other side. The horse may have been rearing up. You can't actually see it clearly. So again, you, you can't point a finger when you're not seeing an objective view of what was going on. That doesn't mean to say, I am defending it. It just means that unless we can give everyone a fair chance to say, well, this is what was happening at the time, we're not taking a balanced
4: view. Yes, but, you know, regardless of that, and I hear what you're saying, it, uh, uh, and you've acknowledged this, it's raised a, a number of issues that are really disconcerting and, and concerning. Can I ask you this in general? You've been in the game a long time. Um, when a horse moves on in age and comes comes towards retirement and God knows how many years they have after that. Is it practical, you know, to have, you know, people have this airy fairy picture in their mind that they go out to pasture and they end their days there and they die naturally? Is that a practical option?
7: Um, well, for some horses, it, 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 it's like retiring greyhounds. Some of them like, you know, to end their racing days, get into a basket and stay there as much as possible. Not every horse does. Most horses like to have a job. They like to do something. They're social creatures. They've been brought up in yards. They see other horses. They see other people going around. And they, they expect to have that, that, that sort of social interaction. All horses love being turned out for a time to gallop around a field or to pick a bit of grass. But when, when a racehorse retires, and many of them will have retired at three or four, um, you have, the, 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 the kind... The sensible thing to do is to assess them and decide what the best way forward for them is. Some will have the right temperament to go on and do many things. Some won't have that temperament. Some will be a very good uh, companion. You know, when you put young horses out in a field, and well, I mean really young horses, yearnares and what have you, it's usually a very good idea to have a, an old schoolmaster or a schoolmistress there to teach them some manners and show them what it's all about. But they, they, they need, I, in my view, they need to be properly assessed and somebody needs to decide what the best way forward is. And sadly, very sadly, in some cases, if they have had career-ending injuries or they really can't remain sound or they have a, a condition that very often comes up, of course, kissing spines, where they, you know, they, they touch and it causes huge pain and consequently makes them unsafe, sadly, the kindest thing
2: to do is put them to
4: sleep. Yes, so there is an inevitability you're saying with cert- in certain cases that that may be the road that has to be uh, gone with with an animal. And and you know the whole issue of, of horses that are put down and what happens to them afterwards and horse meat into the... You know, we've had the scandals in the past in the food chain and the burgers, et cetera, with a well-known retailer and other stuff like that. But the, the, the meat of a horse then is used, dog food, things like that?
7: Um, so I believe that it should not enter the human food chain. if it, If a horse has been treated... Um, the passport has to be stamped yep. to that effect, but that shouldn't happen now. There are new measures. I mean, this this film relates back to twenty nineteen. Things have moved on since then. That's yep. another reason, you know, to to uh, um, highlight it. I think um, what, probably the, the, one of the most serious things to come out of this is the transport of horses from uh, of injured horses from Ireland to the yes. UK for slaughter. That's that's probably one of the biggest and most disappointing things that came out of this. Uh, there is, you, I know now there's only, I believe there's only one slaughterhouse in operation uh, that that deals with horses in Ireland. But even so, um, there should be no reason to, uh, to send them over here yes. to travel for that length of time. Um, you and I, I think, would both agree that perception is every bit as important as reality. And the figures that were then released I think the following day or the day after showed that the, the, a huge drop in the number of horses being sent across the Irish Sea for slaughter almost immediately. Um, a lot of people would would say that was... Um, and I'm sorry, I need to correct myself. Uh, the, the figure showed the number of horses slaughtered in Ireland had dramatically reduced. Mm-hmm. And of course, there is a, an immediate uh, concern there that that's because they've been sent over here. The conditions they, they were kept in looked looked awful, they really did look bad mm.
4: and you know there 's no reason that end of life care and uh, all involved with that shouldn 't be conducted here in Ireland without the need for horses to go everywhere. I take it that goes without saying.
7: it does um, and the other bit that really hasn 't been emphasized enough is that the vast majority of Horses that come out of training and the vast majority of horses that need to be rehomed do find very good homes and are looked after and have got a great life. It is a very, very small number that end up in this way. And it's unfortunate that a whole industry has been tarnished by what people perceive to be the normality from from that program, because that is, 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 is not true.
4: No, and 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 you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and and uh, it, it's a good point to make. But at the end of the day, there should be really no cases where an animal is mistreated, or sent on a long journey to another country, or uh, life ended in any way that's distressful the, the for the animal. Especially, uh, we need those are the issues. Even if it's a small number, Sheila, they shouldn't be.
7: It shouldn't happen. That's yeah. true. In, and when you think about it, I, I mean, you just. The harsh reality is financially is that you can buy a really expensive animal that isn't very good on the race course, won't make the grade, possibly has temperament problems or possibly has unsoundness problems and might not have a great number of options um, after racing but you still have to do the responsible thing.
4: Absolutely, and uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. While you're with me, just moving on a little, I haven't spoken to you in a wee while. Brexit, how's it going?
7: Well, I mean, I haven't changed any of my views on Brexit. I think uh, things are are working. They certainly are, despite the horrendous uh, issues raised by COVID for all of us, um, I think the view is that we're getting it together and people are moving on. There was always bound to be bad feeling. Um, one of those issues is, of course, the, the, the tripart agreement that was in place on the movement of horses between England Ireland, and France. Um, you know, that has not been resolved and that would, will have to be resolved. Um, but like many things, it was, it was almost something you could argue over. Um, I think as time moves on, people will uh, address this. Certainly from a COVID point of view, From a vaccination point of view, um, Brexit served the UK well. Nobody could have foreseen that, um, but certainly the numbers we have vaccinated and the speed at which it was done um, has been
4: certainly reassuring. Mm. And, and we've done well here, I have to say, and we've caught up uh, really well, and the numbers here are very yeah. encouraging also. Can I ask you about Boris? I, and, and and on the Brexit thing, of course, the Northern Ireland protocol is a very sticky one, and I don't know how they're going to work through that, to be honest with you. But on Boris and, and the freedom day, as they called it last Monday, do you think he's taking a risk?
7: Um, do you know the strangest thing is I haven't seen anything different, and in that week... I have been in London. I have been in Jersey. I have been out and about. I haven't seen any difference. People are still wearing masks. Um, Admittedly, now we're we're out in restaurants. You take them off in restaurants. Um, People are still wearing them on public transport. Uh, We all wore them on the flight. There's still all the protocols in place. Social distancing, to be fair, I think social distancing has been gone uh, for quite a long time. People um, aren't quite as... uh, insistent as they were. Uh, some people. I, I, I have a great concern that people will forget how to engage socially, that everybody's become quite fearful mm. um, over, over such a long period of time. And, you know, we, we do have to get out there, and, um, apart from those who are obviously very vulnerable, and get on with our lives. But um, as for Freedom Day, I'm the most wildly exciting thing that's going to happen to me is that I'm going home next week. <laughs> um you know it's it's i never thought in my lifetime i would see a situation where i hadn't been able to travel uh back to ireland for um what is it now gosh it's coming up 18 months yes
4: the last time i think it was when you were here with me that's true yes it's the Absolutely last time you were true. here so that's uh, that's uh we were talking the guts two years ago so you're on your way sheila Next week. Good on you. Good on you. Good on you. Listen, Ed. Uh, thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate your comments about uh, the Panorama programme uh, and the horses, and to get a, a feel for what's going on on the ground there in the UK at the moment. Safe journey and enjoy the time home. And we'll be talking.
7: Look forward to
4: it. Take bye care Sheila. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Sheila Bailey there. She's the chair of the Irish Horse Welfare Trust. You know, I've been involved with animals all my life, uh, especially through my father. You know, we had greyhounds, we trained them, we raced them, we had terrier dogs, we had hunting dogs, ferrets, you name it. I have grew up uh, with animals and, uh, you know, you get a great love for them and understanding of them. And it's shocking when the time comes that you lose a friend, as you'd call it. Especially I've seen it many times with dogs in our lives and that, that we lost and with horses, it's the same, you know, like everybody would love for every horse to be put out to grass, as I said, and enjoy the latter days in meadows. But It doesn't happen. The reality is quite different. It really is on the ground, no matter uh, what you might think. But uh, the majority of horses, uh, great work goes on to rehome them and have them rehome. We've had stories here of neglect and abuse of horses as well, and they're shocking. But look, every animal deserves respect and care. To end of life and to be looked after in the best possible way. I say that, I'm all for that and that's what we love to see and that programme did a great service on Panorama in highlighting uh, awful, awful issues, even though they may not be uh, in the majority of cases, in, in the small number of cases, it's wrong, it's totally wrong. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio, back with you in a moment. Paolo Nazzini and last request on your Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. Uh, Veronica McArdle's been on to us from Dundalk You might be able to help her if you're listening to us today She had to reschedule her flight a few times And again today Which cost her €150 Because she hasn't received her Covid cert She's fully vaccinated. Months ago, she keeps trying the HSE phone number for over a week or more now. No reply. She also got in contact with local TDs, Heather Humphrey's office. They can't do anything for her. How can she get her COVID cert? Well, I have to say to you, Veronica, mine was very simple. It came in the post. Uh, And I have it on my phone. It's on the app on my phone. I have that COVID tracker app that I update every day to say I'm okay. And thank God I've been able to say that every day since the uh, pandemic uh, emerged and the app was available. And my cert is on my phone now on the COVID tracker app. It came there automatically. I had to do nothing for it. It's a a a code and you just uh, scan it and it's there for myself. Can anybody help, Veronica? Had you trouble getting COVID cert? Anyone help us? 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text me to the show 1850 715 if you'd like to call in. Louise, I can't believe this. About the chamber pots. Do you, do, you, do you remember chamber pots? I do, I do. I'm just thinking, we had a chamber pot in the caravan in Sligo a few years ago. Uh-huh. Remember the story I told you? No. <laughs> yes, we had it. I forgot now. I've been using, we've, myself and Ken had a chamber the pot. The chamber pot in the, fa- boot. in the In the Father <laughs> Ted caravan. It's a bucket. <laughs> black bucket and you know we'd here for a few pints in the caravan and so during the night she'd be caught short and there's lovely toilets and bathrooms on the campsite but in the middle of the night she just filled the bucket and I told you the story about the morning that Jonathan came in Jonathan one of the lads over in Sligo called early one morning a real wet morning and I know. I better not continue this story. <laughs> <Are> <laughs> well, I, start to start I, I started so I'll finish. Magnus, Magnus. Anyway, the the uh, the the roof light was open in the caravan for air in the night, and it was a real wet night. And John did knock the door of the caravan and came in. Get up, you lazy! And we sat and Ken was we snoring away, and he came in and he said, "Geez, lads, that's a shocking night. Come in, this is step in out of that," says Ken, and he said, he looked up at the skylight and he looked down at the bucket, and the bucket was full. <laughs> Oh, I'm cringing already. And he picked up the bucket and put his thumbs in the top of the bucket. (laughs) And I said, that's a bucket of fish. And he started laughing. Ah, he started laughing. And out he goes outside the caravan. I says, it is a bucket of you-know-what. And next thing... (laughs) I heard him saying Jesus you know what it is a bucket of <laughs> what was he doing with the water he thought you see the rain, rain came water. in through the skylight yeah. but myself and Ken had filled it <laughs> <laughs> what, what
6: did he think was
4: well, he thought it was rain well, What water. was he going to use it for? No, he was taken out to empty it Oh,
6: thank God He was taking
4: it out to empty it I And I warned him I said, it is a bucket of, you know And he, I could hear him roaring outside the camera Jesus, it is a bucket of P-I-S-S You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Every time he sees me He points the finger at me And I know what he's thinking that day Anyway, that was our chamber pot It was a black bucket in the Father Ted caravan in Sligo but anyway, mm. we've got, seriously, we've got messages from... He's not embarrassed from... now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it still makes, does me heart good <laughs> when I think he put his thumbs into the book. <laughs> <laughs> Shut only pee, Louise. Yeah, what is oh, it? Oh, Jerry! What I mean, for God's sake. Oh. Not bothering you, there'd be. Anyway, <laughs> Vera's been on. Hello, Vera. Welcome back, Jerry. Thank you. And uh, for nostalgia, she says, in Fitzpatrick. You know Fitzpatrick's out towards cool. You remember Fitzpatrick's oh, yeah, there? They were hanging the on. The, the chamber pots were there. Do you know what I mean? And uh, she, Vera's saying, of course, they were for the upper echelons in society. One One time... Well, our black one, I can tell you, our black pocket wasn't for the operations, echelons, Vera. And this, another that That's what they're <laughs> calling it. <laughs> Jerry, I bought one, that's a pole, a chamber pot in Holland's on Park Street and on Dock about two years ago. And you've been speaking to that lady, haven't you?
6: I have, yeah. She just, um, she wouldn't come on air with you, but yeah. she just said that she bought it for an elderly neighbour okay. so that they could use it, especially during the night.
4: So, chamber pots the Poe or whatever you call it, they're still in use.
6: I'd say so. I'd say with a certain generation they would be, yeah. And there's also a a, a story on the Irish Times today about a lady in Fermanagh that lives in a cottage with no Mm. running water or electricity. Mm. So I'd say that's a staple there as well.
4: Yes, there you go. So the Poe is alive and well and available, for filling. we're hearing. Is it
6: called anything else? Like, apart from chamber pop and pole, was well, this? a
4: bit of a rude word I couldn't use on the air today. <laughs> anyway,
6: <laughs> you've already said too much. <laughs>
4: <laughs> money bag from holidays will be closed down Anyway Have you a Poe? Do you use a chamber pot? Let me know 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me We're back in a moment With a guest We well, must ask the next guest Did they use them? Karen Lavelle No she doesn't Is with us next And she's had uh, these most beautiful she candles We're talking to her in a moment Thanks, Paula. They're known today, Jerry, as a commode. Yes, of course, I've heard the word commode, Paula, in the past. Uh, That's the name they're known by, says Paula. Thank you for getting in touch with us today. If you saw the black pot in our caravan, it was the furthest thing from a commode, Paula, you ever saw. In your life. <laughs> Welcome back, Jerry. Missed you and hope you enjoyed your week off. I did. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks for the uh, lovely comments. I had my second jab in at Diffie in June. Didn't get my cert. Contacted them only to find out they no record of it. An investigation has to be done. Trying to contact them every day for the last two weeks. No reply. You are not on your own, uh, says another listener to us. So there are problems with getting the COVID certs. There is somebody else asking me, what app have you got your COVID cert on? Yeah. <laughs> It is the app on my phone. I have it here beside me. Hold on a second and I'll tell you what app it is. I update it every single day. It's yellow in colour. Just give me one second here. It's the COVID Tracker app. The COVID Tracker app. You can download it to your phone. Let them know how you are every day. I'm just going to click it there. I'm good. I have no symptoms. And there's my EU digital COVID certificate when I just click it on the app. It is there on the COVID Tracker app. Very convenient. And if you've been jabbed as I was through my GP, it arrived there automatically. Now let's have a chat to a lovely lady. Her name is Karen Lavelle and she's the founder, MD, you name it, of Solskjaer Candles based in Creative Spark in Dundalk. And she has a new candle, a new fragrance coming out. She has loads of them. Anyway, Karen, how are you?
8: Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm, I'm great.
4: Then. Lovely to chat to you again. Welcome back to the show. Lovely to hear from you. Well, 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 tell me the story. How have you been getting on since this bloody world of ours had to shut down? Yeah. How are you going?
1: Well,
8: it's mad, but it's been a busy year. We have been really busy. People are loving lighting candles in their house, especially in the winter time. So we started off when COVID first hit, We thought we would be going out of business, didn't really know what was going to happen as mostly we sell to shops and the shops within one week all cancelled their orders. So um, it took a few days or a week and then things started to get busy on the website, people ordering online. And uh, we just have been kind of loving sending out beautiful scents to people in their homes when they've been in lockdown. And uh, that's, that's been one of the nice parts of it, that we can bring something nice to people.
4: And shout outs from the likes of Ros Parcel and Anna Taylor-Joy. Does uh, one no harm at all?
8: Yeah, and absolutely no idea how, how that happened, but it was great. Yeah, it was, that was really good. That was really good to get our name out there in the States and uh, um, have people more hear about us over there.
4: And, you know, the the actual products you produce are so beautiful. I know this, and I know people who are huge fans of yours as well. Tell us a little bit about the making of them. Tell me first about the candles.
8: Well, when I first started a Sealsha candle company, Sealsha is the Irish for lights, first of all. So the idea was that we were seeing the lights, seeing nature and the countryside and the Irish wilderness and then bringing that inside our homes, but in a really natural way. So without using any harmful chemicals. So we use a soy wax, which comes from North America. And this soy wax is a sustainable soy wax. So that means that it's replanted. So it is, um, it's natural. We use fragrances, which are derived from essential oils, and we create our own fragrances to capture the Irish countryside. So if if you take a walk in a forest and then you kind of want to go, you go home and you want to remember the beautiful smells in the forest, we we have created that. So we, you know, lots of different things about Ireland, you know, our Atlantic, wild, sandy shores, mm. forest walks, top of mountains, even even a turf fire. We yes. uh, we create those fragrances and we blend them with soy wax. We use them. Um, uh, uh, recycled materials as much as possible we use all glass we're plastic free and uh, that's kind of part of the story
4: that's if essential oil forms part of it that's the way the fragrances are uh you know injected into the into the candle is that the, the mechanism you use
8: yeah, it starts off with essential oils. Yeah, um, but they they are perfume oils because they're very hard to stabilize the essential oils. Right. So when we started off with pure essential oils, we couldn't uh, we couldn't stabilize the fragrance. Mm. So this is the kind of in between way okay. that we've gone.
4: Okay, and it certainly does work. I'm just thinking of uh, I've been off the last week and the haymaking like this year, and then this weather has been phenomenal. The smell of hay, freshly mown well, it's grass. Funny. Yeah, it's
8: funny that you mentioned hay because we are launching a new fragrance next month, which is inspired. Exactly. It's inspired by harvest time and hay fields. And I grew up on um, Well, my parents weren't farmers, but my grandparents and my aunts and uncles were. And I grew up down the fields Mm. at the harvest time and grew up in the middle of a field. So that. You know, you just can't really describe it, can you? That scent of harvest time when you bring in the hay and it's a hot summer's day, kind of like we've had lately. And uh, so um, during lockdown, I do a lot of running. So I was running through hay fields and then during the winter I created that scent. So Mm. it's a fresh, grassy scent. It smells of hay, grass and honeysuckle. And lemon. And it's gorgeous. So we we can't wait to launch that next month.
4: I'm just imagining it as I speak to you here today. And I'm thinking in but a few weeks' time as the evenings close in and then we're complaining about the cold and the darkness, we can relive these times with one of your candles, the new one. Yeah.
8: That, that, that's, that's the idea That's what we love to do
4: mm. Now tell me about candles in the home And managing them, you know, uh, safely And, you know, avoiding You know, I saw at one stage We had an issue with a candle That caused a little bit of discoloration Just where it was in the part of the room Can you advise me on that?
8: Yeah, so um, the wax that we use is soy wax So it's a completely natural wax yeah. Some, Probably the most popular wax for candles Is um, petroleum byproduct. And that um, that paraffin wax that it's called will give off a black smoke. So you'll see the smoke on your walls or you'll see it even in the room. You know, if you have a couple of candles lit, you visibly see the smoke. So um, the soy wax doesn't give off that black smoke. It's clean burning. Okay. so that's really the beauty of it. Now, they will be a little bit more expensive, but, you know, it's cheaper than repainting your house from all the candles. And it's also It's just better for from a health point of view. Yes, of course, lighting a candle. We do give guidelines even for soy wax candles. We recommend that you leave a candle lit and not many people know this, but when you light a candle and it starts to melt the the lighting, the heat of, of the wick is what melts the wax and the wax will melt all the way out to the edge of the vessel. However, if you extinguish the candle too soon before it's made its way out to the edges, the wax has a memory. It will retain that memory. And when you go back to light that candle a second or subsequent time, it'll tunnel down through. I'm sure you've seen candles like that where where the, where the, the hole is tunneled to through to the bottom and you won't have the full benefit of your candle. So. That's to be avoided. So the idea is to leave your candle lit for at least two hours and preferably no more than four hours. And of course, always leave a burnt candle away from any breeze or drafts or soft furnishings, um, animals, children, you know, always to be careful. Yeah. uh, Make sure you you extinguish your candle before you go to bed.
4: They say you learn something every day of your life. I've learned in the last few moments. We, and I'm Very, sure my yep. listeners have as well too uh, that burning because Very. that was an issue I've seen that many times where it, it, it drills down that little hole in the centre mm. all the wax is left around the periphery mm. and I think there you go folks it's been worth joining us on Late Lunch today just even to get that little lesson uh, from Karen thank you so much for telling us that it's great advice now you mentioned just a little tip yeah and, and, and a great tip I have to say this new fragrance is coming on are you always looking mm. for different types of fragrances based sort of in the natural landscape of Ireland are you always on the hunt
8: oh always but that's not the problem the problem is trying to uh, edit my thoughts and trying to you know not bring out a new fragrance every week because obviously they have to be tested and they take time to bring to market so no there's, there's so much inspiration out there in Ireland that's that's not a problem. I'm always looking for new ideas for scents and for products. And um, We will be bringing another product online in the next couple of months. And one product that we do have, as well as candles, is Reed Room Diffusers. And that's a beautiful way to bring the scent into a room without a lit flame. So, you know, they're the little bottles with the sticks. Yes. And you've probably seen those. So that's also really nice in the summertime. So maybe you don't really feel like lighting candles during the summer because we have so much brightness mm. into, late into the night. But a diffuser is a lovely way to infuse fragrance into a room all day long.
4: Yeah, and you know, this time, I don't have to mention to you, when you get this heat that we have in the minute, the last thing you want, I suppose, anyone is to light a candle. But look, at that's an alternative you mentioned there. But I take it that, you know, as autumn comes in, autumn, winter and into spring is is peak period for uh, candles.
8: Yes, it gets very busy. We were very busy last year. We were mentioned on the Late Late Show. Mm. So that caused lots of interest in our candles and... Well, one thing that we do is and we kind of improved and finessed this during the lockdown is we send things out really beautifully gift wrapped. So when people couldn't see their loved ones from afar, they could send one of our candles and we have Irish um, handmade gift cards also on our website. So people were just, you know telling me the messages they wanted me to write. And I would write them on these lovely cards who are made by a friend of mine, Lainey Kay. And uh, then we wrap it up with beautiful tissue paper and bows. And, you know, we uh, sometimes pop in little gifts and all sorts of things. So they just brought pleasure to people when they received them in mm. the post from from so, Ireland, all over the world.
4: It's great. And it's been such a joy to people to receive them. And they are so lovely. They they really are. So you're online working away. Uh, were you face to face before this? You know, I know you're in Creative Spark. Mm. Had you a, a shop? Yeah.
8: Yes. So there's a gorgeous new shop which has opened in Dundalk called The Victorian Company. Yep. And it's on Castle Road. Okay. And um, It's gorgeous. You should check it out. It's an interiors store and they are stocking the range. So you can uh, go in there and buy them or we're available online.
4: Great stuff. Well, look, you're great and you're going great, and you've come through a tough time in style. And just to mention oh, again, you. oh, you have. You have your, your to be admired, I have to say. Solcia Candle Company dot IE, and I'll spell that for you S O I L S C E. That's S O I L S C E, candle company dot IE, across social media, and the Victorian Company on Castle Street. Is that what you said in Dundalk? Castle Road, yes. Castle Road in Dundalk. They are there to be seen and enjoyed. I wish you well. Um, can I mention success? one more yes? thing, Jerry, yes? Sorry, I'm,
8: also a member. I'm also a member of the Loud Craft Mark. Oh, yes. A group of yes. really talented artists and designers in County Louth, And the group is partaking in the Sikh um, Street Festival on the 7th of August.
4: Yep. <clears throat>
8: and there'll be beautiful crafts available locally made Um on um, Church Street on that date in the St. Nicholas's Quarter.
4: Lovely. I know it well. St. Nicholas Quarter, 7th of August, Dundalk, Sulcia and more besides there from wonderful crafty people in Dundalk on the 7th of August. Wish you well. Thank you for taking our call. Hi. Lovely to talk to you. Hi.
8: Thank you. Lovely to talk to you too.
4: Take care. Bye-bye. That's Karen Lavelle and she really has a beautiful, beautiful premium product and I wish her all the best for the future. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. Back to more of your comments after this short break. Mina, nice to hear from you, Mina. Karen and Kels today. I got my second Pfizer jab on Wednesday, July 14th, and the cert came in the post on Monday, the 19th. Says Mina, so that was quick enough, you know what I mean, to get the cert through from uh, receiving the jab as well. Um, the commode, Louise. I think you're. I think you're right about the commode. Paula was onto us saying a po or a chamber pot. The commode is different. I always thought the, yeah, commode, the commode was different. Yeah, the commode is sort of mobile. It's like
6: in a chair, is
4: In a chair would be used for somebody who has mobility issues and that as well. We're talking, Paula... About the pot that sits on the ground. I see pictures
6: Nearly like a plant pot. She can it's like a plant pot. Grow stuff in.
4: <laughs> like last week, it'd be a good thing to do, to do your, you know what, on your plant pots because we're trying to conserve water. Don't get me started on that one. That's one thing I would love <laughs> to have your been here. That's This is one of my bugbearers. On this little island, surrounded by water, with thousands of lakes and rivers, we get a dry week. Oh, you've got to conserve. There's a hosepipe ban. We're switching off the water. We couldn't manage Bo Diddley in this country. I'm not joking you. It's a, the laugh of the world. You know what I mean? We should be exporting water <laughs> to countries that need it and we get a dry week and we can't manage a it. A
6: lot of people in Clare had had water for days. Off of the Lord, of the our water
4: was off as well. There was a bus main here, that somewhere. The infrastructure is Victorian, or maybe even earlier. And a big job needs to be done there. And they tried to put the foot the bill, you know, on everybody around the country along with the property charge. Do we need to go back over all that nonsense mm. again? Do we really? <laughs> uh, come on, come on. we got to be able to. To store and manage and deliver our water—no problem in this country. Hosepipe bans, shove it where the monkey—you know—in <laughs> mean, God Almighty, like it just is ridiculous. Do you don't think it's ridiculous yourself, Louise? Do you don't think it's nonsense? You know what I mean?
6: Well, I mean, yeah, but I think some people do overuse water. I'm
4: not saying that. You know, like, like, like—we have to conserve and we have to reuse, recycle, and do all this thing with climate change. But God Almighty. We're wet in this country (laughs) for nine to ten months of the year and we get a few weeks of drought and we're in trouble. Oh, the Lord God. Anyway, just regarding that lady who was in... Oh, where did I get this one? This is another one here. Yes, Cherry, read this one for you. I got my vaccination about three weeks ago and the cert arrived within a week says another listener there. So Mm. that lady who was on to us, where does she go? You know what I mean? Where does she go for the set? I suppose that's the question. I
6: didn't get anything in the post after I got my second job, but within a few days, I got an email with it. Yes. And my husband was the opposite. He didn't get an email. He got it in the post, but it seemed to be Department of Health.
4: Yes, and there's another one, concurring with yourself, uh, regarding getting the vaccination. That lady was on to you, Jerry, uh, from months ago, and has not received a cert. I had my vaccine on the eleventh of June. Received the cert by email two days later. Yeah, I was that the concurs same. with what you say. That woman it must drive you mad if you can't get the cert. Mm. I don't know why do you...
6: you had to cancel your flights. <sighs> or reschedule mm. them or whatever she had to do
4: you've got to keep going you got to keep ploughing on where did you get your vaccination I think you've got to ask that first go back there you know what I mean go back to Should where we'll you got
6: put a press query into the Department of Health and ask that
4: yes them. that's another thing get on to the Department of Health either go back to where you got your vaccination pursue it from those angles but you can't let up you need the certainty. you're going to be uh, a goose to be honest with you yeah, that, that's uh, for certain um, anyway what else was it to say Yeah, Mona McSharry well done to Mona McSharry our swimmer She's in the 100 metre final, breaststroke First athlete, uh, swimmer To make a final in the Olympics since when? Do you remember a lady called Smith in Atlanta? Oh wow, that was 20 odd years ago, was it? Yes, she's the first Irish woman To make an Olympic final since Miss Smith What was her first name? Michelle? Michelle, oh good on you Louise, you saved me bacon there Yes she is, well done to Mona McSharry and all her Olympians who are doing their very best out there for Ireland Veronica McCardle was on to us earlier on awaiting her search uh, she hasn't received her Covid search she's had to cancel holidays a couple of times uh, hi, Jerry. got my last vaccine on Saturday and it came through in my sister's email today, says a listener. I had my second jab on May 28th from my doc. No sign of a cert yet, says Helen and Trim. Do you see the contrast there? One arrives in two days, the other hasn't arrived since back in May. My God, that's a, a ferocious difference. Louise, you I, have put in a query, haven't you? I
6: have, yeah. I've contacted the Department of Health We'll so see what they come back with. I'm just wondering, a lot of them say... You know, they got it from their doctors and others might have got it from centres. I wonder, is there a difference there? If you got it from a centre, maybe you just get it quicker. Quicker, I'm not hey, sure. might be something.
4: If, if you get it from um, one of the mass vaccination centres, mm. it seems to be quite quick. It takes yeah. a little bit longer from the doctor, which I saw. Or but pharmacy. Like, There's one there. Do you know what I mean? Two days mm. on the sister's email. May 28th, still nothing.
6: I think think mine was three days on my email.
4: Anyway, we've put a question in for Veronica McArdle on her behalf to the Department of Health and we'll come back to this one, I promise you, tomorrow on the show. Now, uh, let me tell you about my Artists of the Week this week. The most influential band of all time, formed in Liverpool in 1960, influenced by a range of styles like skiffle, beat, rock and roll, classical and pop, the Beatles became pioneers in recording, songwriting, and the way they presented their music. They really revolutionised music at the time and forever. Uh, They established themselves on the club scene in Liverpool and Hamburg in the early 60s. And uh, the core trio of John Lennon, Paul McCartney and George Harrison were always there. They were together from 1958. Stuart Sutcliffe played bass with them for a time. And, of course, they had a succession of drummers coming and going until Ringo Starr joined in 1962. But there were two other men played pivotal roles in making the Beatles, manager Brian Epstein and record producer George Martin. By the end of 1963 the Beatles were a phenomenon never witnessed before or since I have to say. In a relatively short space of time they became international superstars. Hit singles, albums, making movies sold out tours and concerts, TV radio, you name it. The world couldn't get enough of the Fab Four. The Beatles drove musical and cultural change across the globe in the swing 60s, and it all began with Love Me Do, which was their first single to chart in 1962 in the UK. It reached number 17. Please Please Me was next. It reached number two before From Me to You became their first number one hit on the official. UK singles charts, and that happened on the second of May, nineteen sixty-three. And I want to dedicate this song today. Haven't done this before. To Mary Woods from Pierce Park and Dun She's ninety-one years young today, and your love is coming to you from all over, especially from your son Sean, wife Mary, and all the family. So, the Beatles' first number one. No better way to begin a week of Beatles on Late Lunch, and dedicated to Mary. Here we go. UK number one on the official UK charts for the Beatles love from me to you uh, this uh, Monday afternoon on your late lunch and we'll have more from the Beatles they were the greatest ever weren't they they really were and their songs are just timeless they really are I think they'll still be Played in a hundred years time when we're all gone from this uh, world of ours. They'll still be playing Beatles songs. They're simply wonderful and I'm delighted to feature them as one of my artists of the week. The water's out in Drum Conrad. Anyone know anything about no water in Drum Conrad? Holy God, Can how can there be no water in Drum Conrad when you're surrounded with lakes down there? That's the question I pose. It's as simple as that. Anyway, from water difficulties on to lovely ladies. Yes, we're talking about rescue hens next. Stay with us. We'll see you next time. You won't get a better offer on radio anywhere this afternoon. Lovely ladies looking for new homes. They'll pay their way. Won't give you any guff. Maybe a cackle or two. Now, boys, don't get too hot under the collar. Pauline McLean is here to tell us more. Hello again, Pauline. Hello,
2: yes. An an old bird here to tell you about (laughs) some younger ones uh, who need homes because it is um, a little hill hen rescue. And um, so it's it's that time where we've been contemplating Contacted by a farmer, he's a, a commercial farmer, I should say, who um, his laying hens are taking a little rest at eighteen months. And, um, sadly, and this is the way of farming, um, these, these lovely ladies, um, when they take a little rest, um, it's not that they stop laying, it's just that they're not laying enough to be commercially viable for the farmer. So the slaughterhouse truck is booked and they go off to, to their deaths, uh. even though, they're still laying eggs Um, so that's where Little Hills step in and um, rescue them and uh, bring them around the country looking for their their new homes their forever homes Uh, so that's this bank holiday weekend we're going to be in the area and um, hopefully um, there'll be lots of people out there who've probably been thinking about doing this for a long time Mm. and uh, we're here now to say now is the time Uh, you don't need much to start being a hen keeper you know just a fox proof shed would be a start um, a few upturned buckets for them to roost on um, and uh, and then you can work your way from there when you find out what kind of personalities they have and you know what, what kind of system you'd like uh, what kind of compromise you can reach with them <laughs> as they demand better and better accommodation no doubt but, you know it, it kind of gets addictive I know of people yes. who are just now constructing bigger and better homes all the time for their hmm. for ladies. Because um, you know they realise that the hens, uh, you know, in an ideal world, would like to move into your house with you, preferably the kitchen. Um, they 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 know where all the good stuff is. Um, but you know, you hear of people just. Um, just taking flights of fancy uh, and and building them large follies to live in, um, foxproof of course, and it's just delightful. Uh, it's it's like an addiction. It's also the way that um, if you start keeping them, I, I think you become number blind and hen blind yes. in a way because um, you will ask somebody, um, oh, yeah, I see you, you're a hen keeper now, they say, ah, oh, yeah, I have a few, and then you see them standing in a field with dozens. <laughs> 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 it's just something that happens. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll be um, for the Bank Holiday weekend. Um, that's uh, the bulk of of all of our adoptions. We're hoping will happen then. You know, on yeah. on the first we'll be in and Kells, Rd, and Ashbourne, and then the following day on the second uh, Trimnav and Drogheda and Dunboyne um, and and a load of stops along the way as well. So um, there should be something for everyone there. You know, mm. in terms of um, getting to the drop. Off points, yes. and uh, and if people are interested, and I really hope that they are, because ach, look, at, you know, with the eighteen months that we've had, we've all been making little changes, haven't we, to our yes. lives? Because we've spent so much time at home, we've been tweaking the way our homes are, and a load of us. I mean, I know I've uh, grow a few things out in my back garden. I mean, I'm not a great gardener, but I'm I've I've the best of fruit out there at the moment, um, that does its own thing, um, no more than the hens will, um, and you know, it's it's such a thrill to be able to know that um, there are things that I don't buy now in the supermarket that may have travelled many miles to get to the supermarket for me. I can just go into my back garden. And, and it's there for my you. Berries. And the same with the eggs. Yes. Um, you know, uh, plus, you get the benefit then of having the hens on their lovely personalities and as you say, they cackle. They cackle all day long. And uh, they'll do a lovely little song when they're doing their laying for you. But it's just, it's just amazing, isn't it, to be be able to walk out to wherever you have them and, and know exactly where your, um, where your eggs are coming from, where your food is yes, coming from. Yes, and
4: you know what you say there, the garden has become such a mainstay for so many people and these little ladies would be such an addition and I can tell you, I know what you're talking about. I know several people who started with a couple and now they have more and they have fresh eggs every single day.
2: Yeah, yeah and it's such a delight and I, I think, you know, if you have kids, even better because they get to, you know, to understand how you must care for the the creatures as well and uh, the joy of picking their own eggs and eating them must be just off the charts um, so you know it's it's kind of a win-win all around um, and uh, it's good for the planet it's good for the it's good for you um, you know and it's and it is wonderful to have a little bit of a responsibility isn't it, yes, as well you yes. know and to, to have to have a creature to care for yeah,
4: and you know Pauline I've seen them as well the other aspect is when they come they can be little rough and ready they haven't had their makeup on for a little while but after a few weeks you look at them and think wow they really do love the the, the care don't they and the specialty
2: and they'll also because they won't be laying commercially nor expected to um, and they'll still be laying don't get me wrong you'll probably have eggs on the way home in the car and you'll hear them clucking away that's mostly what happens people say I got out of the car I opened up the box to let them into their new home and there were eggs waiting (laughs) for But, you know, they blossom because um, the little reset that they do at 18 months is literally to give their body a little chance to just kind of replenish itself, if you know what I mean, so that they're not, you know... They're they're not under the cosh with their job of egg 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 egg. You know um, the way they they need to be when they're, uh, during their work their short working lives. But of course their working life goes on much longer than that, just at a better pace. And they look great. They fluff up their feathers. Oh, the plumage goes mad altogether. Yeah, beautiful,
4: they're beautiful. You know? Now just to quick listeners are on to say how can we find out where we can pick them up and how much do they cost? It's six euro a hen, and that's six just euro. to cover little hill animal rescues expenses That's nobody true. making anything out of this pure charity well
2: you know we um, we pay the farmer yes, for, the hens, for the hens and then we you know we travel all around the country yep. with them so everything else goes on that and um, yeah 6 euro which is not a lot now and uh, and I also think it's good you know that there's a fee because people sometimes don't respect things that they got for nothing true. You know, and, true. and these little girls have a, they have a worth you know yes. and, um, and they will reward you for looking after them so yeah for the people People who are interested and I hope that people are tempted now um, and we do need loads of homes as always there aren't enough bookings we mm-hmm. desperately need homes for a few thousand of them um, so uh, if you get onto the Little Hill Facebook page and just uh, a direct message in, in yes. at that uh, level and then we'll be back on to you to say um, you know properly which day and what time right. we hope to be in the um, you know at your drop off point yes. and uh, you can you know say how many you're Looking for, and um, uh, 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 and it, then we we will you know load the, the van up
4: accordingly to deliver them to you. Yeah. Little Hill Animal Rescue Facebook page. Yeah. Little Hill Animal Rescue Facebook yeah. page. Contact the people, and you'll have your new yeah. ladies' bank holiday weekend. Oh, Pauline, thank you for joining me, yeah. and I can tell thank you one you. thing: you're still in the spring chicken category. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Take care. You've made an old bird very happy. Thank you. <laughs> See you, Pauline. Bye-bye.
4: Bye. Bye-bye. That's the brilliant Pauline Mittlin there. So, Little Hill Animal Rescue Facebook page. That's a lot on Late Lunch today. Oh, Michelle is back on. She wants me to go for a dip in a lake and from con <laughs> with her Magella I'll be in touch I will in my neck What of that out you go yourself there and enjoy it uh, Magella thanks for getting in touch with us she enjoyed Alison immensely last week as well the show thanks for getting in touch with Late Lunch today Magella now tomorrow <laughs> on Late Lunch Tuesday Paul Moyne is with us Professor Paul Moyne Dara McCullough the most famous farmer in Ireland and Anne freehill is here as well she's a local author very interesting lady and more besides you of course anyway Eddie is coming next with the drive. Delighted to be back with you on Late Lunch, full of energy and vim. Hope it continues for the week. It just might with the rain on the way. Anyway, take care of yourselves this evening. See you tomorrow, one30
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See BlackstoneMotors.ie